All right. Episode 23, we are rocking and rolling. We've got Dinesh Tadapali from Incredible Spoon. And we've got Michael Yanez from Kurt Smarter. We get right into this. That's how we do it. This is going to be an interesting one. You ever eaten your utensils? Like, have you ever just pulled out a utensil, ate from it, and then ate the actual utensil? I think that's what we're going to be talking about today. Dinesh, let's talk Incredible Spoon. How and when did it start? And how did you come up with the idea to get it going? Okay. Um, I, I was actually a tech engineer. I'm the technical industry. I still am. Uh, and I, I, I invested in a couple of startups earlier and I failed miserably in one. All my investment was went away. That actually kicked me saying that, okay, I'm going to invest on myself from now on. And I want to, and I always had this entrepreneurial itch. So let me do something on my own. And that's when I thought, what should I do? I looked at all my friends and all my peers and they're like doing either a tech startup or a software startup. They're doing all like typical, uh, like Silicon Valley world. But then I realized why, why aren't anyone doing something that that's good for the planet, not just for themselves. So that actually pushed me. And also my daughter was born at the time. I already have like, like a four year old son at the time, like two years ago, three years ago. And uh, that I realized that I should, I need to leave a pristine nature to my kids, not just money and like security in the future. So all these feelings together, it realized that I need to do something. I need to start something that is going to be great for the planet as well as great for the individual who's consuming or who's having the product. And okay. I, yep. okay. So you come from the tech space. You come yes. from the tech, assuming you're an engineer uh, yes. by trade. Okay. Mm -hmm. I like that. Mm -hmm. And you say, you know what? I'm not going to give my money to another tech startup. We got mm -hmm. enough money down in Silicon Valley for that. For, yeah. for, all, for, all, the, uh, for all the money to go into those to those and again people should know this yes. because you kind of said it there's a lot more failures than there are winners yes you may see stuff come down your feed about big wins big fundraising big this uh -huh. they don't often talk about the other 99 percent yes. that don't make it yes so let's get into it though mm -hmm. how did you start or how did you even begin the the process of what is an edible utensil? We'll get into exactly what it is, what it's made from, and if okay. you want to add that in too, but okay. give it to us. So, okay, so ed edible cutlery was actually started six years ago by an Indian scientist in India, but he got super famous. Actually, if you Google them, you would, you would find his name instead of ours because he started it six years ago. But unfortunately, he couldn't scale it up. The idea was his. I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm going to credit to his idea, mm -hmm. but, but then uh, he, he did not really understand how to manufacture it. That's where the engineer part of me and my partner come into play. So me and my partner in India, we figured out how to build a machine that makes these. So uh, that's our strength actually, to be, to be frank. So we, we spent about two years, 80 plus trials of actually making a machine. And most, I mean, most of the brainchild is from my partner. I only helped him with some aspects of it. So we, we figured out how to make it. And once we made it and okay, we decided let's, let's bring this to the world. And we made sure that we could manufacture at least 5,000 spoons a day. Only then we said, okay, let's bring this into the market. And we started sales and marketing in February of 2019. It's just one year old. Let, let, let me back up though. You and your partner 
actually build what I'm assuming I'm picturing this a hardware, right? Uh -huh. A physical mm -hmm. hardware that's going to have electrical components for it to actually work. Yes, mechanical and electrical. Mechanical. So, yeah. Simultaneously, mm -hmm. you have to figure out what the necessary ingredients food-wise. Yes. Yes. Give us the three or four ingredients that make up the utensil. Sure. It's whole, it's wheat, uh, oats, and uh, chickpea. Got it. So we'll get to a nutritional profile in a second. Yes. Uh -huh. Let everybody start picturing a spoon. I'm going to start with a spoon uh -huh. that is made from food. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's going to need to be dense, hard, fixed. And these guys sat in a room and built the actual machine that's going to do it. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Thank you. Um, did, were the recipes from the gentleman who you mentioned before who's famous in no. India? No. no. Okay, cool, cool. How did you come up with the recipe? Oh, yeah. So, frankly, we just did a trial and error. We, we met with some of the chefs, local chefs in India. We found what are the best materials for baking it. But the problem is at-home baking is a separate process than manufacturing it in the large scale. So, we, we, I think we spent about 82 or 83 trials, trial and errors to figure out the right ingredient match as well as the right process so it looks really smooth, strong, and usable. Got it. And tell me about a nutritional product because we're going to get into packaging and how you, how you basically brought it to market in a second. But tell me about like a nutritional profile. Is it something like five grams of carbohydrates per oh, spoon? Okay. Okay. okay, so it has about one gram of protein. That's uh, that's the major and about uh, I'm actually looking for it. I don't remember uh, off the top of my head. Sorry, uh, carb carb is about eight grams of carbohydrates. Okay, just show us that box if you don't mind. Yeah, yeah, sure. This is our latest yeah. box. That is going to be helpful. All right, everybody, you're looking at eat the spoon. Yeah. Okay. By incredible. Mm -hmm. So now it's formed inside that box. Um, mm -hmm. You can put the box down. I don't want your arm to. I don't want your your. I don't want you to get a, a sore. Um, Inside that box, how many spoons are in there? Uh, 20 spoons. Got it. Okay, now let's talk about go-to-market plan. Mm -hmm. um, you now have figured out how to produce them. Uh, you mm -hmm. have a cost base around it. You have an idea what you would need to sell it for. How mm -hmm. do you get to the idea of formatting, for instance, how many to put into a box, what the okay. sellable unit's going to look like physically, okay. and mm -hmm. then who you're going to sell it to out the gate? Okay. Uh, before we go to the retail side, we actually started with the B2B on the food service side. We did. We had pretty good success. In fact, we sold 400,000 spoons within one year in the food service side. So I was not even thinking about retail till two years away because I wanted to make sure people are aware of the brand and the product before we, they go into the retail because it's a very brand new concept, right? It takes a lot of marketing spend. So I didn't want to spend that much on marketing initially. So that's why I thought, let's go B2B, but COVID hit and COVID made me realize that this is that opportunity for me to switch into B2C. And that's why this box just came two weeks ago, by the way. So, and, uh, and I spoke to a lot of consultants and brokers and all the information and I figured out how many spoons need to go. And I also went and went to the supermarkets and looked into the plastic spoons. How many do they exist? It's generally like 25 or 50 spoons per box. And I have to, and also the cost is an issue, right? Plastic is very cheap. It's just two to three cents each. And this is like 15 cents, 15 to 20 cents. And if you add retail margins and shelf margins to it, it's pretty high. So I need to find the sweet spot with the number of spoons versus the cost. And that's how I figured out 20 large spoons or 30 small spoons. We have small and 
big small and big spoons. Got it. So give, give us the cost again. So um, you would you were selling that box. How many is in the box? 20. 20. 20. And how much is the box roughly SRP on, on shelf? Uh, on shelf, I expect it to be around uh, $9 or $10. Got it. Because you aren't there yet. You're about to get there. Yes. Got yes. it. And again, you're competing with, at this, at this point, I'm going to kind of frame it. You're competing with the plastic utensil market. Mm -hmm. Super inexpensive, mm -hmm. wasteful, uh, mm -hmm. recycling-ish issues and, and the like, right? But where we're going globally, right, with mm -hmm. regards to, uh, you know, resources and, and, and being more resourceful, this is the best approach. Now, again, I also want to back up. He talked about food service. He's mm -hmm. talking about potentially Google's, Facebook's, mm -hmm. um, corporate offices and the like. Mm -hmm. and, and everyone that, that, that went away, of course, when COVID hit. Mm -hmm. um, back to where we're at now. Mm -hmm. You plan on going to market. Is it on Amazon yet? Are you doing any direct to consumer, maybe through your website or Amazon? Yes. So we will be live in two weeks. In fact, the, 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 uh, the, the stock which is supposed to go to Amazon is sitting in the factory right now. So we're waiting for a pickup to happen. So we should be live in two weeks and I'm on Got Amazon. It. Fantastic. And um, you are manufacturing those still locally? No, no, no. It's in India. All of them okay. are in India. Got it. So you moved, you moved it, you moved it offshore. You're going to yes. bring in a, uh, um, on the water, basically everybody, yes. when you're manufacturing overseas, you're usually going to throw it on a vessel. You've mm -hmm. ever seen them on the, you went on the ocean. That's how it comes over. You, yeah. you take it off the and, port. And, and one interesting fact is we actually plant trees for every few boxes we sell to offset the carbon emissions. Ah, very cool. Say that one more time. So we plant a tree for every 20 boxes that we sell to offset the carbon emissions due to the freight. Very cool. Now let's talk about consumer. Mm -hmm. I think kids right off the bat, I think my, I have kids. Mm -hmm. um, when we do go back to school, actually I'm, I'm very lucky for everybody who has kids. I was very lucky camp was, mm -hmm. was allowed. We have the <laughs> local camp, summer camp. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. um, sorry if that didn't happen in your area. Um, with that said, school starts. There's still the element of the consumer saying, yeah, but I put my metal fork in the lunchbox and the, he's better, he's gotta bring it back, right? Mm -hmm. He's gotta bring it back. However, there still is a ton of, because we know this, it's a multi whatever, it's gotta be a billion dollar market, right? In terms of plastic utensils. Yes, yes. What are you replacing and who is your core consumer out the gate? Okay, my core consumer is any person who who's planning to use a plastic utensil, a single-use plastic utensil, for more for more like less than few minutes. So that's a very broad consumer market. But I would actually approach the ice cream shops first. So we actually had success with it. In fact, Hagendas in the U.S. they already did a trial with us, and they had an amazing feedback. So. That's my initial consumer market. As I mentioned, it was all concentrated on food service. I'm very new to retail. In fact, I need biggies like you to help me out there and give me some advisement, I mean, advice on that. So uh, from the retail side, you're right. I'm looking for people who are going for a picnic, for a party. They want to throw a party at home, right? They don't use uh, steel, stainless steel utensils. They use single-use utensils. So how fun will it be to use edible utensils? So guests are very surprised and they're very happy that these guys are doing something over the planet. And, uh, and also for hikes, like all the REA markets and all these, it, this, this has some good protein and carbs in it. So in the hike, you can just use the spoon and eat the spoon or eat it as a snack itself. They come in four flavors. 
So, and also for curious people, right? For people who want to just take the, take the edible spoon to the next ice cream shop or to the next takeout. So, very good answer. Answer. very good answer. And um, yeah, my, my, my feedback just off the cuff, right, is the REI type consumer, right? Those that are already very globally conscious and as mm -hmm. far as sustainability, mm -hmm. uh -huh. that's your core consumer. Um, the, the trial element, you know, those that are looking to try something new, Mm -hmm. You know, I, I think there's, there's something fun about this without a doubt. So you, you're going to find out who is the consumer that's more willing to be the trial than mm -hmm. isn't. Um, you know, again, this is just, we're just rapping about it. Um, yeah. I'm really interested. This is a very fun, uh, fun product. It's its own new uh, category. Mm -hmm. um, and again, sustainability is something that's talked about so much. And there is a large consumer group um, that is uh, that is going to be attracted to this. So, so now let's talk then about now and what the, the business is going to look like, let's say, over the course of the next 12 months. Um, we, I'm always very optimistic. I like the idea of people going back to the offices of some sort of food service will kind of come back into play over mm -hmm. 30, 60, 90, 120 days. But even with that said, with a retail or e-commerce strategy, what does the business look like, let's say, over the next 12 months? Um, we had a pretty good traction. Like uh, when we said waiting, we, when we opened up waiting list on our website, we have about like 300 people who signed up for it with zero marketing spend. I didn't spend a penny on anything. So um, I hope that once we go on Amazon with some like very interesting and efficient marketing strategies, we should be able to bring in more sales. Uh, but I mean, frankly, even I'm a, I'm a very conservative person. I don't want to be have too much high expectations because I get hurt by it. So I just want to see how it goes as it goes. So I don't really put like large goals because that kind of, and it's a different thought process. Basically, a lot of people yeah. like to have big goals, but I prefer to have small, small goals and go step by step. I'm, so, I'm okay with that. Each day, attack mm -hmm. each day is its own. Yeah. Um, set some goals, right? I know you're, I know you're being, uh, you know, a, a, a little conservative with that approach, but you're going to be setting some goals. Mm -hmm. I like the idea. I like the innovation. I like the idea of it being its own new category. And mm -hmm. you know, you're a smart guy, uh, smarter than me. Uh, and, uh, and I, I wish you nothing but success with it. So, uh, thank you so much. There'll be, so there'll be your info is going to be down here. Uh, everybody check that out. Incredible spoon. Uh, we are going to move on to Michael Yanez, Cart Smarter. I think we're talking Amazon. You know, you have an Amazon business uh, in CPG specifically. Michael, tell us a little bit about your business, what you're up to, who's it for? Yeah, absolutely. And you've already hit it on the, on the head. Um, we are an agency, an e-commerce agency for Amazon, Amazon Fresh, Instacart, Walmart, and our, our clients are CBG brands. Uh, a little bit more focused on the grocery side, but it really doesn't matter. Strategies are strategies for e-commerce. Uh, and yeah, we help them win on, on those platforms. We help the customers find them. I, short and simple, huh? All right, but let, let me ask then a specific question. Um, especially now, you saw everything happen over the last 90 days. Give us one consistent theme that you saw maybe with your own clients but just in general about a cpg the cpg category within amazon uh, and direct to consumer yeah oh it exploded during COVID, obviously and uh, we're seeing it and the analysts analysts are saying it that 
you know, the 2.4% grocery online sales for 2020 is now going to be 5%. And a big portion of those that um, now are feeling comfortable about ordering online and they weren't an online customer are going to be sticking around. So it's uh, going to double and end up at 5% of um, grocery sales will be online now instead of 2.5 for 2020. Uh, and it, it's, it's pretty brisk. I'm working 14-hour days right now. Got it. Folks, get your DTC plan in place if it isn't already. You got to sell directly to the consumer as well as, of course, get with some strong, strong retail partners because there's a ton out there. Shout out to all of them. Uh, all right, Michael, Dinesh, appreciate it. There's some info on them. Uh, I appreciate having both of you on. Take Mike. Can I can I end with biting my spoon? Yeah, bite it. <laughs> Go for it. He wasn't joking around, folks. It's it's edible. You can eat that thing. Yeah. All right, guys. You take care. Be well. Be successful. Thank you. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Mark. Bye.